Blog Talk Radio. Switches. My name is Raina Starr. I'm so excited to be on again. It's, it's really nice to be back, I have to say. All right, so let's get to the business part first. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this is probably not the show for you. But I think it is. I don't know. Be your own judge. Anyway, uh, Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the amazingly wicked one herself, the incredible Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios for your witch in needs. She's amazing. That's www.wickedwitchstudios.com. All right, for the hour. I'm so excited. I have Phoenix LaFay. Yes, Witches, Heretics, and Warrior Women is the new book. Yes, it is. Hi, Phoenix. Hi, Raina. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How are you? How have you been? You know, all things considered, I'm doing really well. I'm happy, healthy, you know, getting through day by day, so I really can't complain. That's awesome. I'm I'm afraid yeah. of my fellow man. I have as we were talking about a little while ago, you know, it, it's it's great that people feel like the pandemic is over, but I'm not sure that it is and that could just be me. Yeah. But I, I still <laughs> I still find the world a little bit scary. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree, and I, uh, you know, I'm not so sure we're through it yet either. So I tend to, as I told you earlier, I err on the side of slightly paranoid. So, but like I said, I'm cautiously <laughs> optimistic. It feels safe to say cautiously optimistic for the first time. <laughs> True, and I have to go with you on that because you know, actually, <laughs> to do anything else is just going to make me more upset than anybody else in the room. So I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get my optimism together, but I want to talk. Okay, so I need to say some things about this book, if that's okay, and even if it's Absolutely. not, I don't care. So I have to tell you that a lot of the time when you read a book, there's almost a disconnection between the voice of the author and what you're reading. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But when I read something you've written, I hear you saying these words, which yeah. I really yeah. love. I really, really love it. And I have to say, I have noticed in, in the time that I've known you, you are totally about empowerment. You are totally about expanding knowledge. You know, this book is very mm-hmm. much a history book, but also uh, a bit of a training manual, a guideline. There's instruction. There's ideas. There's contemplative uh, sections where you you can you take the minute to relate to the person that you've written about because you've really mm-hmm. covered a vast swath 
um, different yeah. types of women. I mean, I know yeah. it would have been a huge, huge, huge book if you had written about all of the women you wanted to write about. <laughs> I just get the feeling. Absolutely. <laughs> but the the ones you selected are really, you know, and I've noticed this about everything you write, not even books that are specifically about women. Um, you know, your life ritualized book, for example. Yeah, I'm sorry, I've got to do this. Um, it's it's just about <laughs> you know making the most of your magic and your power and expanding it and and just you know it, it makes the reader feel like they are what they are at every moment. It's not a compartmentalized thing where I'm a witch at this hour and I'm this person yeah. at this hour. And I'm, the, I'm a mom at this hour. I mean, you are very uh, encouraging when it comes to integrating people as a homogenized thing into themselves. And I love yeah. the the whole idea of self-acceptance and, you know, guess what? You are a badass, damn it. And you can identify mm-hmm. with these badass warriors and heretics and and you know warrior women it's amazing i love that so i just wanted to say thank you for for continuing to write things that are very empowering and uplifting but also not doing it in such a way that it's like everything's glorious it's like no no no. you have to do some work with this you have to really you know you have you have to be invested in yourself and the women around you because when i when i was reading this specifically about um, Cersei, Anne Boleyn, um, mm-hmm. moving robe woman, who I'd never heard of before, which was right. fascinating. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm like, wow, yeah. I don't know the story mm-hmm. of, of some of these women, and it's important to know. Mm-hmm. But it does make you appreciate the women around you because you start to recognize. Yeah. As I was reading this book, I was recognizing these traits people around me so I was wondering was that something you really want was that part of the goal in this book because I know you didn't just write it this year you must have had something trigger this book for you so how what was the evolution getting to this book yeah I love that it's it's like sparking you seeing that these traits and people around you I, I love that that's amazing and beautiful uh, you know, the the spark that started this whole thing was Circe, to be honest. Uh, and Circe yeah. is the only woman in this book that's mythological. All of the other women are historical and really existed. And it's possible Circe really existed. We don't know. She's older than we can prove one way or the other. But she's for sure mythological. But I, um, I've always had a relationship with Circe as a goddess. Ever since seventh grade, when we read the book of Ulysses, you know, like that, ever since then, like I just loved her. She was my favorite character of that myth. And I've been smitten by her energy ever since. I just love the woman that defies the rules of men. I, I always have loved that woman. Uh, and then yeah. there's a, that book, Circe, by Madeline Miller. And I listen to the audiobook, and the woman who reads the audiobook has the most beautiful, melodious voice. It's like being entranced when you listen to this book. And I was like, mm-hmm. 
how how do I share Circe with the world? How can I make everyone on the planet know who this amazing entity is? And then it just got bigger. It was like, but there are so many amazing entities and and actual human beings that change the world in some way, shape, or form. And and that word heretic kept coming up, like. Being a witch, all of us that are call ourselves witch, all of us that are modern pagan practitioners, we're heretics. We are outside yep. the norm, right? So I was like, well, let's oh, yeah. look at some of these heretics of the past and see how they could be influencing our practices now. And it was fun. It was really fun. It felt like um, an ancestral working to connect with all of these people. Yeah, I I can see that. And the qualities, you know, it's funny because one of my favorite people from history was Anne Boleyn. And you talk about her in this book, and I was so excited. I was like, oh, wow, Anne Boleyn's in here. (laughs) You know, the first wife of Henry VIII and uh, the femme fatale, they called her, and, well, not in those words, but, you know, she was put up as this, And and here's the thing that always struck me about her particular story. You know, oh, she had to be a witch. She had to have done something Mm -hmm. because men never follow their dicks. It's like, really? Right. Um, Right. Men, again, no responsibility there. Um, She did it. I'm innocent. I have to kill her now. I mean, it's unbelievable. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and she was pretty heretical for her time because she spent so much time in the European courts where they were much more Mm -hmm. religiously liberal and progressive. So she really spent her Mm -hmm. formative years learning how to be a little bit more progressive and open-minded than how the average English person was at that time in the world. So she was a special, like she was very special for her time. She's not given enough credit. I agree. I agree. And but I identify with her because she totally went against the norms like you said and I yeah. do that in my in my daily life I am always pissing someone <laughs> off because I don't it's true. No, 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 seriously at work I am always pissing somebody off because I never I leave it. good enough alone. I'm I'm a pain in everyone's ass is what I'm saying. So <laughs> You know, when they tell me, like, at work, when they're like, well, we have this new thing we want to do, this, you know, we want everyone to start doing this. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because we want to. And I'm like, but what's the sense of that? Because you're guys and you feel like you have to change shit to feel like you're productive. And, girl, I say Mm -hmm. this shit to my boss. I am afraid of no one. Good. I like this, yeah, but it's, but here's the thing. It's because of all the years I've been there, I feel like at my age, because I'm 60 already, I'm like, fuck mm. it. I don't have to be concerned about shit. I'm the best in my field. Everybody knows it. I can do everyone's job. Everybody knows that, too. So I'm like the last person that has nice. to worry about, oh, what if something happens? Because I'm like, I am run this shit without you. Not a problem. <laughs> so I basically, I basically get away with every fucking thing, and it's so freeing. I will tell you, a lot of, you know, there's so much talk about 
oh, you know, when you're a woman who's getting older, you become invisible and no one pays attention right. to what you're saying. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's a really interesting phenomenon. And I'm here to say that doesn't have to be the case. You can still be yeah. vibrant. You can still put your p- opinions out there and have them be valued. And I will say this, in in our community, it is probably the one community where women are not disrespected because of our age. I mean, right. you're going to have you're going to have your your entities of of men who are like, oh, she's just a woman or whatever everywhere. I mm-hmm. mean, there is not one group yeah. alive that doesn't have that in some respect. But I will mm-hmm. say that in the, the witchcraft community. I it's like the one place where it's like I can be old and that's okay, and I love that. Right. And I want yeah. it everywhere. Yeah, and you know what I I was just talking about this with a class I was teaching recently. Like the you know I'm I'm about to turn 44, and the 44 year old me gives a whole lot less about what other people think than the 24 year old me did, and so there's <laughs> a certain way. By getting older, you just realize how little other people's opinions actually matter in the grand scheme of things <laughs> and how it's much more important to just do what makes you happy and what you want to do and not worry who's going to get annoyed about it. And, you know, that sometimes that just takes time to understand and recognize. And the older we get, the more that's obvious. I agree. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. concerned that people are still because because of the fact that you keep reminding us that we are powerful and we are strong and we are worthy as much as anybody else. Um, mm-hmm. It it makes me think that we as women need constant reminding because we're so conditioned. Yeah. I mean, being older, a lot older than you, I would hope that I came from the last of the world where they're like, oh, you'll get married, you'll settle down, you'll have children. And that was your basic purpose in life, you know. So I'm hoping, like, the generations all after me didn't have to deal with all that bullshit. Right, right. Yeah, the changes are slow, but they're happening, you know. I think it's definitely a different, like, my daughter is 20, and what the the right. messages she gets are a lot culturally anyway are are definitely a lot different than what I was told and different than what my mom was told yeah. you know so you can see it it sucks that it took you know sixty forty years for those shifts to start really being obvious but they you know yeah. so the a shift takes a long time to change direction right so we kind of have to remember yeah. that sometimes yeah yeah it's incredible and you know and the thing that scares me and i've said this before i'm i it is very possible that at the point that i die women will have fewer rights than i had and that scares me yeah you know so talking about you know being empowered and and talking to the ancestors and they don't ancestors don't have to be related to you Anyone mm-hmm. whose power you revere or anybody that you, you bring into your spiritual practice, all of these people can be ancestors. Is that right? I mean, because some people are like it's very familial, and some people are it's mm-hmm. like, no, <laughs> whoever you want, bring them in. What do you think? Yeah. Well, you know, 
I don't think it has to be uh, your blood lineage, especially, you know, like what if you're adopted? You don't know who your blood lineage is. So you're working True. with your the ancestors of your family. That's still your family, right? And I know there's a lot True. of witches who work with, you know, the mighty dead or the dead of the craft, right? We honor the witches yeah. that came before us and those that mm-hmm. uh, created the lineages that we walk. and. That, you know, for most of us, those aren't our blood, right? So I think I, you yeah. said it perfectly. Like someone who inspires you and has passed yeah. on, if you work with them as you would with an ancestor, that's a way to connect with their power and their energy and learn their lessons and take those lessons more deeply into your spirit than just, you know, reading their biography or whatever might do for you. So I found yeah. it really uh, impactful. All of the characters that I wrote about, all of the historical people I wrote about in my book, I worked with mm-hmm. from an ancestral perspective while I was writing it, and it was deeply powerful. Wow, I can imagine. So I'm assuming that there were a lot of women that you went through before you picked who you picked for the book. Um, yeah. So what was the cri- – did you have a criteria that you used to narrow it down? Because I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, you could have put Queen Elizabeth in here or you could – I mean, there's like yep. all these people you could have put in. And I was just wondering yep. how you narrowed it down. Yeah, it wasn't easy. Uh, you know, I had these <laughs> three sort of categories, right, like the witches, the heretics, and the warrior women as like a – like a narrowing down, a winnowing down. And then I only got three individuals for each of those subcategories. So it was really challenging. Um, and I wanted to make sure people of color were represented in those numbers. I wanted to make sure more yep. than just Western Europe was represented in those numbers. Um, you know, so it, it was difficult. And there is one ancestress who, who is Sojourner Truth. She's... Um, yeah. An amazing black woman born into slavery, escaped slavery with her infant child. She's, I, am, I have always been inspired by Sojourner Truth, and several of my early books were dedicated to her. She's the one mm-hmm. where I have a little bit of guilt that she didn't make the cut <laughs> because Aww. she is such a badass. Uh, but, you know, yeah. you have to draw the line somewhere. And I've been asked a few times, is there going to be a second book where you get to maybe fill in some of the people that, that didn't make it? And so now I'm seriously considering it so I can relieve some of my guilt. <laughs> that would, you know, here's the thing. That, well, first of all, don't feel guilty because the book is great. And obviously <laughs> if, people, if people are asking you already for the next book about it, that is a total plus and I completely agree. But I was going to ask you if at some point you would do a book like this dedicated to the women in your family, you know, because I'm mm. assuming you came from really badass women and I can only assume that your daughter is badass too. <laughs> well, yes, my daughter and my stepdaughter both are pretty bad, big badasses themselves. They're very inspirational. <laughs> you know, I've ne- I never thought of that. That's a, a very interesting idea. Well, I like knowing about people and, yeah, you know, how you develop 
being you, it's not just about the influences of the people we've read about, you know, Marie Laveau, yeah. Harriet Tubman, uh, you know, all the, all the moving robe woman who I knew nothing about before this book, didn't know yeah. anything about her. Fantastic story. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I can, I can, I can see that there are influences from the outside, but, you know, to get to know you, I want to know, you know, what were you like as a, a young girl, little girl, you know, and, <laughs> you know, the women that influenced you as a child and, you know, how all of that yeah. developed because that makes you uniquely you, which I love. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think it would be a fantastic, um, a fantastic book. So you know, I know you've written you've written with your your spouse, and I was wondering yep. if you've done any writing with other folks. I have not. I've been um, blessed to have uh, pieces I've written included in other folks' books. Um, Storm yeah. Fairy Wolf had a book that just came out, The Witch's Name, I think it's called, and I have a little piece in that. Yeah, um, Jason Macy just had The Witch's. Yeah, it's a great book. Uh, there's a I, yeah. I got to include some spells in another book that just came out. So you know I get I'm honored to get to do that occasionally, but I haven't done any other collaborations. Guion and I are talking about doing another book together. We have uh, there is a topic that's very dear to both of our hearts that we've been doing a lot of magic and ritual and spell work and 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 a lot of mundane work too in this realm. So we've been toying mm-hmm. with the idea. It was. I was like, I think I'm going to write a book about this. And he goes, I want to write that book with you. <laughs> so oh, we'll that's awesome. It's, yeah, it's I, in early, early thought form right now. So we'll see if that ends up becoming a thing. Great. Do you have something else aside from that that you're privately working on? Or have you already got something else in the can? I have something in the can. Actually, I was editing it today. Uh, I have. I'm not sure when the official release date is. I'm guessing it'll probably be late this year or early next year. But it's uh, it's about crafting ritual, and sort of the nice. the obvious and and not so obvious things to keep in mind when you're planning rituals, all the way from solitary to coven to large group gatherings. That sounds brilliant, and I know. I, okay, it's so fun. because because I know you're writing, I already know that there's going to be a section in there about here's everything I think. Here's everything I think you know is a good try to do. However, do your own thing because you're so good <laughs> at, at encouraging. No, it's it's in everything I've ever seen you write where you put this thing yeah. in of. It's this is suggestions. This these are my yeah. suggestions. These are the things that worked for me. These are the things that didn't work for me. But always yeah. go being your authentic self. And I love that you mm-hmm. constantly remind us. Be who you are. Yeah. Try your own thing. Don't take this as the only way to do things. Don't take this as a hundred percent your personal gospel. You've got to put mm-hmm. yourself into your magic. And it seems like it's so important to be reminded of that because, you know, when I was coming up, it was this is how you did it because this was yeah. the only way we knew to do it. Um, you know, yep. we, there were a certain set yep. of things and 
this was what we were taught, and, you know, experimentation was not necessarily frowned upon, but kind of laughed at, a lot like yeah. I see happen to young writers today, just by yeah. the way. This is one of, this yeah. is one of my favorite themes is get off the asses of younger people because you couldn't have done your shit in public and gotten away with it either. That's just Absolutely. one of my basic themes. So I just love, yep. you know, the whole encouraging other people and not worrying about what some people are saying about them if it's negative. Yeah. Like, Don't worry about it. Just push through yep. anyway. You know, I'm so heavily influenced by the reclaiming tradition of witchcraft because that that was mm-hmm. such an uh, an integral part of my early practice and and my education and learning about how to create rituals and reclaiming is so much about inspiration and letting spirit move you and doing things different and trying and failing and being excited when it didn't work because now we can try it a different way. So it that's had such a huge influence on the way that I practice and it's made me a stronger mm-hmm. practitioner because I'm not afraid to fuck up. I'm not afraid to do something quote unquote wrong. You know, I think right. that, that is, I, I see so many new folks to witchcraft because of what I do for my day job. And people are so afraid to do something wrong that they are frozen from doing anything. And I just think that's such a disservice to new practitioners to like, should, should we have some healthy fear and respect for primal forces? Yes. 100% we should, but we shouldn't be so afraid to do anything that we do nothing that serves no one, you know? So I think it's important to, to play and have fun and take risks and be silly. Like that's, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And I think a lot of people, because everything is so public now, it's like yeah. everyone has this fear that someone is going to find out that they, they fucked something up or, you know, something mm-hmm. didn't work out the way it was supposed to as far as the spell goes. I know there's a lot of, you know, I, I see a lot of folks have imposter syndrome just because yeah. the spell didn't work or they put out an intention that didn't happen. And it's it's not something to be afraid of. It's just a, a no. point where either it wasn't really for you or you need to try it again. And just yep. to see people give up out of fear and being judged is just really kind of heartbreaking because no practice yeah. advances if it sits still, you know. And you had mentioned That's right. about uh, the reclaiming um, tradition. Can you tell me more about reclaiming in that regard? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So reclaiming started in the late 70s in the San Francisco Bay Area, and there was a small collective of people who had been trained through feminist witchcraft and Dianic witchcraft and also mm-hmm. trained at the same time with Victor and Cora Anderson, who are the founders of the fairy, F-E-R-I, yep. fairy tradition. So there was this little cadre, Starhawk being one of these people, uh, and so there's a book called The Spiral Dance written by Starhawk that was very uh, influential in the early reclaiming growth. And uh, it started in the Bay Area of California or San Francisco, but it kind of has grown since then. And there are reclaiming communities all over the world. There's witch camps that happen all over the place. And 
workshops that are like the called the core classes for learning the reclaiming style of doing things. Uh, but it's very much mm-hmm. rooted in feminism and um, eco-feminism and having yeah. a relationship with the planet, taking care of the planet, uh, and collaboration mm-hmm. with, with spirit. So, it, you know, it's um, that's like it's kind of my home tradition, really. I've, I've been so greatly influenced. And I live, you know, in the Bay Area of San Francisco. So I had a lot right. of success as a, a young person, you know. Which is great, which is really great. Yeah. So when you were a young witch, I mean, is witchcraft something you came to early? Is it something that yeah. you discovered in your teens? Like, how did you first come about to witchcraft in the first place? Yeah, so I was um, not raised with any formal religion, uh, and so, yep. and that was fine. Like I never felt like anything was lacking until about 15 and I went through <laughs> emotional turmoil at the age of 15 and was very lost and I felt very broken. And I thought to myself, perhaps if we had religion in our family, this would be easier because I would have a higher power to turn to. So I started uh-huh. researching religion, church across the street. I, I learned about Islam and Buddhism and, you know, wow. I read every book about religion I could get my hands on. And then one day uh, in a bookstore, there was a book about witchcraft. I, I'm pretty sure, I think, because then I started getting every book I could get my hands on. But I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that first book was Buckland's complete book of witchcraft, that big blue book. <laughs> Yeah, and I started flipping through the pages, and I was like, "Holy shit! This is everything mm-hmm. I already believe. This all makes sense." I didn't know this was yeah. a real thing. I didn't know this was a religion, and that was it. I was in. I read everything I could get my hands on. A couple of years later, I attended my first public ritual, and I was blown away by the public <laughs> ritual. It, I. I wanted more of that. I wanted everyone in the world to know what that felt like. It was so amazing. Uh, and then that, yeah. that, I mean, it's been almost 30 years since then. Wow. That's what I love about yeah. you. You always want to spread the joy. That it's And it's yeah. such a lovely, <laughs> no, 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 it's really such a lovely thing. And I think, It's something that's a lot more rare now than it used to be. You know, back in the 70s, it was, you know, we were coming off of the whole hippie thing, and it was like, yeah, yeah, you know, we're still one and we still have each other and things can be groovy if we make them so. But then, like, all this technology came in. And people started mm-hmm. getting separate, especially in the in yep. the witchcraft community. And I think, yep. you know, when you start putting up walls, it's hard to take walls down. If anything, they just get taller and wider. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's very disheartening to see how the things that were supposed to make us more interconnected have actually done the opposite in a lot of regards. Mm -hmm. It's not that technology and the Internet are horrible, horrible things. It's that people have this view that they're almost untouchable when they're being like, you know, these keyboard warriors that judge everybody. 
That shit fucks me up. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> because I just, I know what it's like to screw up in public. I know what it's like to see someone screw up in public. And yeah. you're not helping by just saying, oh, you're bad, you're wrong, you're stupid, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wish people would be more mature about maybe they need some help. Maybe you could make a creative uh, comment that might encourage them uh, to try again or try in a different way. But to just, I mean, mm-hmm. this just this thing of, I disagree with you, therefore I'm going to slam the shit out of you, and that won't be mm-hmm. enough for me. I have to get all my fucking friends to do it to you as well, because otherwise yeah. I can't be important, because the only way I can be important right. is if I hurt you, because I look better yeah. compared yeah. to you. And and it's, well, it's and that goes back to that. There's only one right way. You know, if right. there's only one right way to do things, then I have to be right, which means you have to be wrong. And in order for yeah. me to be right, I have to reinforce how wrong you are, so I can therefore reinforce how right I am. And that's just ridiculous. Yep. There is there is no one right way. There just isn't. Fundamentalist thinking, and we can't fall into that as witches and pagans. That's that's a problem. Thank you for saying that. That's that's actually brilliant <laughs> because that's exactly what I fucking see, and it makes me insane. Because yeah. I've been through enough decades now at 60 to see mm-hmm. where people went from being a little kinder and a little more gentle to being a fucking savage-ass mob. And it's like, yeah. I promise you, if you are going to be part of a savage mob... It is going to happen to you. You have already opened the fucking door. And it amazes mm-hmm. me how some people can dish it out, but when it comes back at them, they cannot take it. And it's like, yeah. if you're going to fucking lob bombs, you better expect some lobbed your way too. So I, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I know things used to be simpler. I know things were not great 100%. They're never going to be because people no. are inherently antagonistic and want to be different. Not necessarily yeah. that both things are terrible, but if you just pile on more negativity, you build a bigger beast. And yeah, absolutely. That's concerning because that's what you're teaching, you know, that's what you're teaching generations after you. You know, I mean, yeah. my kids got their first cell phones at like 12 and 13, and mm-hmm. it's just such a different way of growing up. I mean, first of all, in my it day, is. you did not bring, there was no telephone to bring to the table at home. Right. And it's, <laughs> right, me either. You know, and, <laughs> yeah, but I did have a headset and I did have a radio, and uh-uh, that was not appreciated at the dinner table either. And now I go into right. restaurants and I see the the adults and the teenagers and everybody is just, you know, you're out together and you've all got yeah. your noses in your phone. And the parents are just as guilty. So it's kind of like, oh, yeah, yep. <sighs> this is yep. why social I know. skills have become such an issue. I know. I'm so grateful none of that existed when I was a kid. I think about it all the time because I, I had a little video camera when I was a kid. 
Because, well, yeah. I mean, to be totally honest, because my parents were divorced and my dad got, bought me anything I asked for because he had guilt. <laughs> so I took advantage of that. Wow. And, and I had a video camera and yep. we filmed everything we made. We would make up like beauty pageants, like we would do the Miss Milk product pageant and we would make commercials oh. and all of that <laughs> shit would be on YouTube now if that existed when I was a kid. And I'm so glad. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. You know, and here's the thing. I was raised by Pentecosts, and Pentecosts yeah. make sure you feel guilty about everything. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't already feel bad, and the word, and it's funny because I was thinking about this as I was reading your book, the word heretic got thrown around quite a bit yeah. when I was a I kid. Bet. And yeah, yeah, and <laughs> you know, I mean, and I, my family called me every name in the book, and it's kind of weird oh. because my mother started off as a pagan, and then became yeah. a Pentecost because of my father. I'm sure I told you that before, but yeah, the word the word heretic got thrown around in my direction, mind you, a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. I just, you know, when I saw the name of the book, I was like, oh, yeah, there's Phoenix. Yeah. Right in, right in <laughs> shit I relate to again. Damn it. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> I think now, it's important it's, it's, that we own those words that are scary and sure. and cause yeah. ruffled feathers for the mainstream. I think that's good. We got to do more of that. Well, you're doing it. You're on the forefront of, like, saying, look at all of the shit that we have done yeah. and can do. Look at all of the examples we have of extremely powerful yeah. people that we can look up to and aspire to. And these are yeah. not women that I think about in my everyday daily life. But, you know, and you even, and I have to say, you even brought in Mary Magdalene, um, yeah. just so folks know that you really went across a number of sectors yeah. as far as yeah. backgrounds and how these women were raised and where these women were from. I mean, you know, you've got uh, Joan of Arc, you've got Salome. I mean, you've, you've mm -hmm. got like this big, varied, uh, all these big, varied examples of women yeah. from like all these different cultures. So it's not like it's limited to, you know, British traditional or just mm -mm. American or mostly mm -mm. white or, I mean, you really integrate as many different yeah. types of women, I think, as you could in one book, I, which is why you probably yeah. need to write the next book. <laughs> <laughs> another, well, you know, another, what, the, the thing that is funny I, I think a lot of the women in this book would never have called themselves a witch, right? They, that would have been heretical, to, right, to take on that title. But sure. looking at what they did in their lifetimes and what they, the changes that they caused in the world around them or even the life that they lived, if we look backwards through our lens as modern witches, we can go, oh, yeah, that's witchcraft. That's absolutely witchcraft. But at the time, you know, Joan of Arc didn't call herself a witch. She was a devout Catholic. She was very absolutely. much in love with God. 
you know, but what mm-hmm. we see and what she did, it, it's witchcraft. Like she charmed a, a king. She charmed an army. She won things that a 16-year-old girl should have never been able to accomplish, especially one that didn't yeah. even know how to hold a sword. So we can see that as witchcraft. Yeah. And I think that that's also the interesting thing, you know, just imagining a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, how that word witch or heretic or warrior, those words will have changed even more and how different that might look down the road. And what we do now might be mainstream and normal and the status quo. And wouldn't that be delightful? Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, it would be, I don't know how close we are getting to that, but you know, the thing I also noticed about, the book is that these were women that were placed for whatever reason in a situation where everything was riding on them. And when everything is riding on you, you either take on the responsibility and get the thing done or, you know, you, you feel that the task is more than you can handle and nothing gets done. But where these women drew this amazing power because for me, it's not just about the words that we use to describe them. You know, um, it's for me, it's this is the predicament they were in, and this is yep. how they triumphed. And I think, yep. forgetting the fact that we're that we practice witchcraft, or that we're heretical, or maybe some of us are even internally warriors, or maybe we are warriors in our everyday life. But we would not have Mm -hmm. called it that at the time. But the fact that these women were able to draw from their innate power and their belief in whatever the cause was is so inspirational to me, and Mm -hmm. as I think it will be to anyone who reads the book, um, that there is a wealth of internal strength that we as women can draw on you know, through our ancestors or through the women that inspire us. Because let's face it, as a parent, as a woman, as a person who has to deal with other people, as we all do, there are, mm-hmm. I mean, we're constantly, you know, protecting someone. We're either protecting them from our anger or disappointment or, uh, you know, someone else's anger or disappointment. You know, there's a lot of things that that come across the desk that they're like, nobody could figure this out. You have to figure this out. (laughs) It's like, okay, we'll figure it out. And you just draw on those powers that are innately, you know, part of who you are as a person. It doesn't even have to be about witchcraft or or any of the other things that, or any of the other labels, I should say. But every day I find that there's this inner strength that we have that pushes us and propels us forward. It's like the whole thing about, you know, them trying to take away a woman's right of choice. And and there's this whole mythology that, you know, people on my side of the aisle are just like, yeah, let's kill a whole bunch of babies. That is not it. Right. No woman wants to have right. to make that choice. Nobody wants to make this fucked up choice. No. But shit happens no. in the world, and we do deserve the right to make a choice for our lives. It's that yes, simple. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Anything that lives yeah, and I, on you or does not not live on its own is yeah. is not a viable individual yet. 
Once that person Absolutely. exits the body, that's another story. This is just my different opinion. Different story. And not to <laughs> yes. It's a different story. Yeah. But I'm just saying, yeah, you know, the, again, we have to we have to keep fighting these things because it does scare me that rights are being taken away, as I'm sure it concerns yes. you too. You know? It does, and I think, you know, one of the things that comes up for me is we can, because of the culture we live in and how we have all this information at the tips of our fingers, it can sometimes feel like we have no power and no control and we can't change anything, but we absolutely yeah. can. And, but it does require, like, speaking up and showing up and, and being the voice for the voiceless and if you have the financial means, putting your money where your mouth is, if you have the physical means, putting your body in the places that will have the most impact for change, those things aren't yeah. easy, but we do have power to make change. And, you know, that's part of like what was exciting on writing this book is looking at these women, these one, one person, one individual was a catalyst for remarkable change, remarkable shift in culture, remarkable community support. You know, some of these women are yep. infamous and famous worldwide, and some of them are not, but they still had impact for their communities and their cultures. And I think we mm-hmm. need to remember that, you know, like we can fight to stop these rights being taken away. We, I don't know if you saw this, but there was that whole, like, don't say gay bill in Florida. Yes. And then they showed... Mm-hmm. They showed all these high school kids outside when it when the bill didn't pass and how they're like mm-hmm. celebrating and talking about diversity yep. and how, you know, we need to be accepting. Like that's where we're moving. Let's remember those are the kids, right? Like that's where we're moving. And so we have to we have to remember that and embrace that and show up how we can and when we can. So brilliant. You know, I didn't know that it had gotten shot down. And I'm thrilled yeah. that it has. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's so encouraging to me because a lot of the time I see things through this lens of, wow, the world is now broken even more than it was before. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I get sucked up into the gloom. And just yeah. hearing you say that is like that has just lifted my spirits so much. Oh, good. I have, I've been avoiding I've been avoiding the news because it's such a fucking yeah. shit show. You know, I, agree. I mean, the war, there's a war. Are you kidding? You know, just in my personal life. Okay. There was a pandemic and you know, my <laughs> spouse almost died eight weeks ago in a yeah. really bad accident. Yeah. And then we have a war. Really? And I thought the biggest I thing I was going to have to do in February was figure out when I was going to get the laundry done. Excuse me? I know. So, yeah. I know. Life's been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the last few years been, have been a major shake-up and wake-up yeah. for sure. Yeah, it has. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's weird because they always say the loudest voices get the most attention. And right. unfortunately... Unfortunately, crazy is loud. Crazy is very loud. Crazy screams. We have to scream louder than the crazy. And it's hard to do, man, because crazy is is persistent shit. Yeah. But we got to keep fighting it. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we can't mm-hmm. do it alone. So the more community, the more like-minded people that come together and hold each other and support each other, the easier it is to fight against that tide of crazy. Right. Cause we can't do it alone. We'll be, that's what happens in, in activism circles, you know, like young people get fired up and they jump in with both feet and then they get burnt out and they disappear. And then it's like this tide of activists that get burnt to the core. We have to be able to support those people and each other. We have to make sure that instead of one random crazy voice, there is a sea of voices mm-hmm. that are uh, calm and uh, thoughtful and make sense yeah. to help drown out that one voice, you know? It's so true. It's so true. You know, I, and I have to thank you for constantly being one of those beacons that says, we're more powerful than we're giving ourselves credit for. Look yeah, at all the things yeah. we can accomplish if we just, you know, look at the, the people who had before us who had these horrible odds against them, and they were still mm-hmm. able to come out somewhat triumphant and, you know, saving yeah. their village or, you know, do, just all these different things, you know. And if, mm-hmm. if odds like that can be met, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, what can we do now yeah. for the powers that we do have at our fingers? So I just I right. just find your writing inspirational and so encouraging, and that's thank part you. of why I love you, because you do no, these amazing things, and, and you keep propelling us forward. It's not enough to say it once. It's something that we constantly need to be reminded of, especially when things seem hopeless. And every time I feel like something, you know, is just everything shit, you know, I'll hear like, you know, I'll pick up something you read or I'll hear your voice in my head. And I told you this, I think, off the air. But, yeah, when I read something you've written, I hear it in your voice, which is so fun. I love that. Because I hear it the way you would say it. (laughs) No, it's fantastic, and it's like I have this little phoenix in in the back of my head that says, you don't have to give up on this. You can actually accomplish this shit because you're a badass. Get it done. I love it. So I I appreciate this book to sound like me. Oh, thank you so much. I really wanted this book to sound like me. I really did because this is like – as I'm writing it, I'm, I'm hearing myself saying it, you know, and, and to be totally uh-huh. honest, sometimes I need to hear this shit too. It's not, I am not an optimist. I am not walking through the world with flower petals sprouting from my feet. Like I'm, Guion's the optimist in our relationship. He's the one uh-huh. that's always looking at the positive side. So, you know, this is as much yeah. a love letter to you as it is to myself. We all need to be reminded, you know. Yeah, but it's it's interesting because that seems to be, like there are people that stand for certain things or certain yeah. thing, ideals that you identify with certain people. And the thing I always identify with you is the power that we have, not just as people but as women, and the things we yeah. can accomplish. And look at all the the power that if we actually learn to harness it and, oh, wow, harness it in a group, holy crap, Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of things Mm -hmm. we we can get done. So I just, like I said, I find you as a writer to be very inspirational and, you know, you're a constant reminder of don't give up. 
Don't give up. Keep pushing forward. Keep pushing forward. And you seem to strive for making us try to do things, not just to listen to the things you suggest, but also, as I said before, you're very encouraging about try it yourself. Try it a different way. See how you feel Mm -hmm. about it because you do – you do point to a lot of introspection, and you do yeah. point to a lot of, you know, self-consideration where, you know, sometimes when you're reading something, you're almost out of your body. You're not even yeah. connect. I mean, you're reading the words and you're taking in the information, but there's almost this physical disconnect, which is why mm-hmm. this book was so great for me because it did sound to me just like you. And it just, you know, having read a number of things you've written at this point, it's this constant drumbeat of you, you're you're enough, you can do this, you're okay, you know, you don't need, you know, any certain group of people to help you, Um, stand up and be proud and be strong. And I love that so much. And I hope you will always remind us of that and always have that. Um, in your in your mind when you're writing, and it seems like you always do. So it, it yeah. really separates you out from, you know, I mean, there's something different about all writers. You all have unique sure. perspectives, but mm-hmm. your perspective is so clear and strong and consistent, and I think consistency is one of the things that are rare these days, and I'm so appreciative when I see somebody not wavering from that and consistently getting their point across every time they put something out. So I, well, I love that Thank you very much. You. Yeah, well, really you're, you're, very, you're an inspiration. I also have to tell you, I thought you were half your age. Um, so oh. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> no, I yeah, I mean, which also, I mean, I'm not any less impressed, believe me, but you're so, <laughs> and you're going to laugh at me, but I find you to be one of these glorious people, and I know you're not a constant, nobody's a constant walking ray of sunshine, it just, it's no. not real, but, <laughs> no, but, but your, your basic heart is all, like I said, very consistent, very true, very encouraging, I, I think you're going to be somebody that we're going to point uh, our granddaughters towards at some point and say, read this book. This is an amazing oh, woman wow. who says amazing things. No, seriously, I, I, I think one day if I am ever given grandchildren, um, they yeah. will have this wonderful library that I have accumulated and I'll be able to tell them stories about this person and that person, you know, and it's yeah. something exciting. Yeah. And you leave this beautiful legacy behind of encouragement. And that, to me, is so yeah. needed these days. Encouragement is so needed. Um, instead of tearing people down, yeah. you're always lifting them up. So I just yeah. wanted to thank you again for doing that because it's, it's, well, thank it's you. what you represent in my life. Oh no, not at all. Mm. You, you you brought it in. <laughs> but we only well, have five that is, minutes. I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. Oh, the greater honor is mine actually because I get to talk to you. <laughs> so I I love what I get to do. So in the few yeah. minutes that we have left, 
Um, yeah. Are you going to be out in public anywhere? Are people going to be able to see you at some places? That's a great question. I'm still figuring that out. You know, events are still um, <laughs> sort of happening. I think, I think, fingers crossed, that I will be at Mystic South in the summer. <gasps> Um, I'm going to see I you. Think, oh, my God. I think so. Like, that's the goal, assuming I can get everything the way it needs to yes. go. That's the goal. So, you know, but that will be the first event that I've attended since PantheaCon in 2020, right before everything shut down. So yeah. I am stoked and nervous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I understand. You know, understand. that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. And then beyond yeah. that, I don't have much more scheduled just because everything's still kind of on a, a like a question mark basis, whether things are happening or not. But I'm excited to start being out in the world and seeing people in person again and not just having Zoom classes, you know, it'll be fun. I, you know, there have been some really great things that came out of the the pandemic, like the fact Absolutely. that we could be in classes across the country and see each other mm-hmm. on Zoom and, and, and Llewellyn Khan's uh, authors, uh, authors online stuff, oh, yeah. which has been fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, seeing yeah, people in person, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen anybody in person in like three years now. Like the end right. of 2019 was the last time I saw anybody. That's how long it's yep. been. So I'm like an yep. animal in a fucking cage. So, yeah, let me at it. I'm going to Mystic South. Mystic nice. South is the first thing I'm going to do. So I'm really excited now. Um, and I cannot wait. And if you're there, I am yes. going to be tickled to death to see you. So that's well, I can't really wait to wonderful. Hug you. Yeah. I know. I know. Me too. Oh, yeah. We have a lot so to talk exciting. about. Anyway. Can't wait. <laughs> Me too. And um, so what's going on at the shop? What's happening at the store? Yeah, you know, Milk and Honey is doing good. We're busy, 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 busy. And we continue to do classes mm-hmm. online over Zoom. And, and like you said, we've had people from all over attend classes. So that's been super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're we're back yep. doing in-person tarot readings, so that's good too. We're slowly, you know, starting to see more folks in more intimate ways. Gotta love that. So yeah, I'm I'm looking yep. forward probably because I'm I'm also going on vacation. I'm taking my first vacation in a really long time, like even older than the pandemic. Haven't been on vacation so. After that, wow. when I get back in the early summer, I think we'll probably start doing in-person workshops again. So that will be so amazing. Yes, it will. Phoenix, I I just love you to pieces. You're you're such a fantastic mm. person. The book is Witches, Heretics, and Warrior Women. Uh, Ignite Your Rebel Spirit Through Magic and Ritual. This book is so much more than just what the title says. I really encourage everybody to get a copy, dive in, and just explore these amazing stories. Again, there are stories in here that I did not know. And if I don't know some of these, I'm sure a lot of people don't. So I really want to encourage everyone to get the get the book. And Phoenix, I am so excited at the prospect of seeing you later this year. How excited! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. So thank you so much. I mean, this is this is great. So I wanted to thank you so much, 
and I am hoping I can talk you into coming back on very soon. Absolutely. I would love to. All right. You have a wonderful night, and I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Same here. Good night. Okay, guys, I will be back tomorrow at 3 o'clock with Jade Luna, and we are going to be talking about some Asterian astrology. Please tune in. Until then, have a great night.